the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. In the response to the fallout of this ill-advised statement by Louis Giglio, the pastor of Passion City Church in Atlanta, um, the day after those remarks went public, he had this to say. I just wanted to come directly to you today and sincerely apologize for the use of the phrase on Sunday, white blessing. And I extend that apology today to every single person who is listening to me right now. But most importantly, I extend that apology to my black brothers and sisters. And I'm heartbroken about where we are as a nation. And one of the things that I'm most heartbroken about is trying to help myself continue to learn and to help my white brothers and sisters understand that white privilege is real. And in trying to get that sentiment across on Sunday, I used the phrase white blessing, for which I'm deeply sorry. Horrible choice of words does not reflect my heart at all. I don't, to be clear, believe there's any blessing in slavery. To the contrary, what I'm trying to understand and help people see is that I, my white brothers and sisters, we sit in large part where we are today because of the centuries of gross injustice done to our black brothers and sisters. So this is my heart. This is what I want to more fully understand because I believe this will help us stay engaged in this conversation so that we can all move forward together. Sadly, some of that um, sort of theology is kind of uh, contributory that what got us here today. And I'm, I'm thrilled to see that he has uh, taken back those words. Uh, put this in perspective. Ill-gotten gain at the expense of another is never anything that should be considered a blessing. I, I suppose by those terms, otherwise we could say, Pastor Don Scott Damon and Pastor Julia Newman, that the guy who knocks off a, I don't know, a jewelry store and steals steals a bunch of diamonds, so what a blessing. <laughs> no, there's no blessing there. And by the way, your ill-gotten gain is a curse to the man who owned that jewelry that now you've literally taken food off the table of his family. And I guess coming full circle to this, we really, as white Americans, need to acknowledge that this is not just a conversation about something that happened all those years ago, that the remnants of, of, of what led to that in the first place continue to be found in so many places in so many ways. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would imagine... Those that have an ear to hear and are paying close attention to this uh, have got to be, Pastor Newman, pretty shocked to to recognize the degree to which so many black Americans um, have been on the short end of the stick for so long. And we've just we've just kind of been in uh, oblivious to it all. Yeah, I think, you know, I. I, I, when I, I do sessions and talks around this to try to help 
um, individuals and organizations understand some of these concepts. And one of the things I talk about is a movie called The Truman Show. Um, and Truman Show, and I think there was another film that called The Matrix that came out very similar time periods. And they tell the story about two people that were born in a box, but they didn't know it. And so when we talk about privilege, we talk about the system of America for white people that have been born in this box that advantage them because of their skin color. And again, I want to make it very clear. It doesn't mean that because I'm white that I have lived a perfect life or a privileged life without suffering or pain. But what it means is that things are set up in a way that I can understand and is catered to me. It's just like if I'm a left-handed person, I'm living in a right-handed world. And so it's similar to a fish that's in water, and you ask a fish, what is water, how is it like to be in water? The fish responds, what's water? They don't know any difference in the atmosphere and environment in which they exist and were born into. And so it's important for uh, white my white brothers is to understand that your obliviousness or the fact that you don't understand or don't have to navigate difference is part of the privilege that we're talking about. I do want to give a uh, pastor Giglio a lot of um, uh, props for not doubling down and not powering up or getting defensive or blame shifting or saying, you know, uh, what I was said was taken out of context or you didn't hear the rest of the interview, all those type of things that we've heard over the years when people make statements or comments that are, uh, are out of bounds or, or racially insensitive. He didn't do any of that stuff. He humbled himself and said, I need to learn. And so that is the posture that is necessary for us to grow and for us to do as Jesus told us, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And to, to kind of bring this full circle, Pastor Damon, I mean, as, as Pastor Newman suggested, and I do give him props as well, that Pastor Giglio did not double down, did not try to um, make excuses. He owned it. And, and maybe the broader, greater message here for all of us is we need to own it. And if we're unaware that we've come up in a box we need to now acknowledge the fact that we're being brought to our attention that white America, most of white America, came up in a box, has been unaware of that box, but now having been made aware of that box's existence, we really need to own this, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. And the question to all of us is, what are we going to do now? Because awareness is the first part, and that's great. But now, what about action? You know, I'm reminded of the Apostle John in First John 1, 1. He said, um, that which we've heard, which we've seen with our own eyes, we've looked at, we've touched with our own hands, this is what we talk to you about concerning the Word of Life. He had credibility because he was telling them not something that he had heard about, but something he had experienced. And I think it's time, I think the narrative when you just hear about it versus when you live it and experience it, it's really becoming apparent. One, one commentator said on the Giglio thing, he said, we're just two, maybe three questions away from revealing all of our ignorance and our white, 
are whiteness. Like, mm. if you really drill down to it, most people, they, they don't have many talking points beyond this. We've got to experience. We've got to learn. We've got to immerse ourselves. We've got to be willing to get out of that box. And so the challenge to all of us is now, here this is again, God's grace, if you will. He allows us to have cataclysmic, tragic opportunities to give us the opportunity to say, what will you do with this now? And so here we are. What will we do with this opportunity? Is it important that we start asking questions and then really, as I suggested, none too graciously earlier perhaps, that we really, as white America, ask the question and then shut up and learn? It, 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 from from your perspective, Pastor Newman, how, how helpful, how beneficial would that be for white America to really understand? I know in my dialogues with, with a, a, a very dear friend and brother in Christ, who's very well known to, to this audience, Dr. Jerry Buckner, uh, we've had little conversations over dinner or lunch now and then down over through the years. And every once in a while I said, well, tell me about, and he begins to unveil some of his life and what it's like to be a minister of God, a man in a mixed racial marriage, and all the challenges that he has faced down through the years as a black pastor, a black man living in America. And it's been an eye-opener for me. It really and truly has. Do we need to start having those conversations so that we, we and white America can begin to really understand what's going on here? I think the, the short answer is yes. Um, and when those conversations happen, as shocking as it may be, the, the the reflex of, no, it can't be that bad, or that can't be your experience, or the yeah, but, can't be the next thing that comes out of the mouth of the person that's trying to learn. Yeah, that that's um, that's the whole shut up and listen part of this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that can't be the thing. And so what I'd say is it's total. It's, it's not, I think Don may have said it earlier, um, this is, something that is universal it's something that's total it's something that you think about as you leave your house it's it's something that you think about as you go to a conference you speak at an event, event um how am i going to make a connection how am i going to communicate how am i going to navigate this environment and so if it is predominantly white those are things that you're going through your head and, and so something that may your, maybe your friends share with you, but I do this, is that I, have, I often think for me, and I'm also thinking for the other person. And so what I mean by that is, as I'm navigating situations, I am saying, if I do this, according to what I've experienced over the time, they're going to do that. And so uh, let me give you a quick example of that. So let's just say I'm walking. Uh, I, I, I try to take regular walks uh, in the morning to spend time with God and just collect my thoughts. And so if I see a, a white person, I generally have tried to position myself to let them know that I'm not a threat. I do that with the tone of my voice. I do that in terms of how I move because I understand that there is this 
association with black people, particularly black men in criminality. And so I need to make sure that this person is not afraid of me as I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And so those are things that I think about that it, it, not only do I think about them, it's become so constant that I almost do it without thinking. It's just a part of how my life is built or designed to try to predict what white people are going to do, react, or think, or say before they say it. That's just how, um, that's just how you navigate the world. And some people may listen to this and go, that sounds exhausting. And there's a measure that, that it is exhausting, but the, my response would be, I don't know any other way to live or lead or manage and be in spaces or places um, where, you know, there's, there's the majority is white people. That's just the way it is. And so if you ever get the opportunity for somebody to really share what it's like to wrestle with that, then you've really moved you into a place of intimacy of relationship because those are conversations that we as black people don't generally lead with because we understand if we share that part of our story, we are subject to, man, can you stop? Can we just stop talking about this or all those mm -hmm. diminishing and demeaning perspectives that really trample on the experiences that we have on a day-to-day -day basis, and it's just well, you know, as 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 um, as, as Jiglio, pardon the interruption, but as Dig, as as Pastor Jiglio said from the stage on Sunday, um, when you discuss the issue of white privilege, it's quote like a fuse that goes off for a lot of white people because they don't want somebody telling them to check their privilege, and you know that that's that that's again another sign that if if that's the space in which we're at, uh, we need to repent. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just say this one little thing here. Yes, yes, yes. No, you go ahead. I was going to have you say what you said um, Sunday night about taking the pill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so two things I would just say, first of all, is um, this conversation that we're having today is particularly for white people, but we have to make sure that we're not always speaking just to white people. So when Louis Giglio was talking, he said, white people feel this way. What about the non-people, non-white people? How do they feel? And we generally don't bring them in their perspective in the story. So uh, as I said earlier, I do talks and in, in, in trainings around these issues, and there'll be people that will say, you know what, it's all, we're all the same. I don't know what we're talking about this, this whole racism system thing, privilege. It's just all a myth and a figment of our imagination. And I'll say, okay. I'm going to give you a test to prove to you whether it's true or not, or you really believe it, or you're just saying it. I said, so this test is just for you. You can't tell me the answer to the test. This is just for you. Don't tell anybody. I said, when you go home today, I want you to look in the mirror, and I want you to imagine that you had two, you had a pill. And in this pill gave you the opportunity, if you took it, to be a black man um, or a black woman. It's going to change you from what you are to a black person, and you're going to navigate your life as a black person. If you would be willing to take the pill, then that is confirmation 
that what you believe in terms of the world that we live in is exactly the same. If in your honest thoughts that you would refuse to take the pill, it is proof that though you say that the world is the same for all of us, you know in your heart that there is a, there's a distinct difference. Yeah. That, to me, is uh, something that we have to consider, we have to think about and navigate, or, or, or uh, navigate as we try to figure out how to move forward in this uh, discussion, conversation, and these initiatives. I, I'm I'm going to do something I don't I don't typically do with first time guests, um, but afterwards Don can tell you that I'm really a great guy after all. But I'm I'm going to let me <laughs> let me turn that mirror for a moment and 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 and, and maybe help you illustrate a point. In your case, Pastor Newman, if somebody did likewise and gave you a pill and said, Pastor, you could go home and with a cup of water, take this pill and wake up tomorrow morning and be absolutely white. Profile features everything. Look like any other white person in America. I'll I'll modify the question by saying, would there be times in your life that you would be tempted to do it? When I was a boy, for sure. Okay. When I was a boy, for absolutely sure. Um, as I have understood the struggle and understand that though this is a weight, um, there's beauty. I tell my daughters, you come from a strong people that have overcome uh, a lot. They traveled from, uh, from Africa to here, and many of us didn't make it, but you descend from our ancestors that did make it, and the blessing of God is upon you. And so for me, I recognize that though this is a struggle, it's part of God's purpose and design and destiny for me. And so, and of course, you you um, you you it, say that out of an abundance of not only maturity, but obviously from the lens or the perspective of knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. And and I and I appreciate the candor, Pastor, because I know silently in the hearts of a lot of the white folk listening right now, when you pose that question, they thought to themselves, "Absolutely no way." And it helps to illustrate a very valid point. Very valid point. Yes. I think when um, Pastor Newman said that the other night at our, our conference, too, it, it got very quiet. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, of course there's a piece where everyone says, as tough as my journey is, you know, I am who I am and I don't want to change that. Yet you couldn't deny the fact that I believe so many of us thought in that moment, no, there's no way I would take that pill in we all have to recognize, if we're being truly honest, that we live in a country that the system was built to advantage people of white skin. And And, and it also says, I think of us, Pastor Damon, that there is a level. Someplace may be really deep down, but there is a level where we acknowledge the fact that life would not be easier. See, when I pose that question, turn the mirror back, on Pastor Newman, very honestly, he said, yeah, there was a time, much younger, but there was a time. Acknowledging that things would have been better, I would have maybe done that to take the easier way out. 
But for those of us that would hesitate, I think it's also an unspoken acknowledgement that deep down, there is part of us that we get. Would you agree? I agree. I think that's it. And we don't always want to admit it, but we all recognize that we are advantaged in this country and in this life, and we wouldn't want to trade places. That's one reason. I'll just say this. I don't know what our time is, but that's one reason uh, for 233 years we just had our first black president not too long ago is like is it was there really only one man in the last 200 years that was adequate to be a president of the united states and we haven't had our first female i'll just throw that in there real quick (laughs) yeah i i said to somebody the other day on on the topic of the first female male president they said well you know i'm not so sure about that you know because Women, they get you know, they get a little upset, and the hormones kick in, and they might do something to start a war. <laughs> I I quickly reminded the person historically, every single war, bar none, every single war, bar none, has been started by a man. Maybe it's time we let the ladies step up to the plate. Things might be different. <laughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hey, we're we're out of time here. I want to thank both of you for being with us today. Mm-hmm. I, I know these are not these are not easy conversations, but they're conversations that we must have, um, and the dialogue that we have to start and keep going. And so, mm-hmm. I, I thank you both. I, I know that it's late back there, um, but we're we're so honored to have you come on, give some perspective, um, and, and and hopefully begin inching us closer to finding mm-hmm. some true acknowledgement, some true repentance, some true reconciliation, some true parity. Um, and, um, you know, the sooner we can find that place, the better off all of us will be. Amen. Thank well, you thank for you. having us tonight. Thank you. And again, our thanks to um, Pastor Don Scott Damon, the lead pastor of Tribes Church, along with her co-pastor, co-founder, Pastor Julian Newman, and information available on the web about their ministry at tribeschurch.tv. That's tribeschurch.tv. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time round, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.